Welcome to the Ground Game Podcast. I'm your host, Bushido Squirrel. Today, we're sitting down with Trinity Tran and David Jetty uh, talking about Public Bank LA. How are you guys doing today? Great. Great. Thank you for having us, Thank Timothy. You. Of course. So let's get started with sort of how you guys have been organizing this. Is there a specific group that you guys are organizing with? How are you kind of making the activist push, as it were? Well, Public Bank LA originally uh, came out of the Divest LA campaign, which was initiated by Revolution LA. So for the past year, we've been organizing to get the city of LA to divest its public finances from Wells Fargo. So through the process of, of having the city figure out where to, to divest their funds, um, you know, it became very apparent to us that moving money out of Wells Fargo into another uh, big bank um, wasn't uh, the most ethical. There there weren't many ethical options for us to move our money to considering the size of the city's, city's funds. So we um, incorporated public banking very early on in the campaign. Um, and at that point, a, a year ago, it was, it was very, very ambitious for us to go into City Hall and say, look, move our money into our own city-owned bank uh, that could be socially environmentally responsible. But we continually advocated it throughout Divest uh, the divestment campaign and months into it um, city council members began to be more receptive towards the idea because um, as divestment was rolling out cities across the country like Seattle and Oakland and San Francisco were also moving towards the public banking uh, initiative so um, so that became um, incredibly in in July over the summer uh, seven city council members then signed on to introduce the public bank motion to create a city-owned bank um, the focus of their motion was was to, to house cannabis money um, there was a bit in there about affordable housing but our job as a progressive movement is to control that narrative to make sure that this isn't just a, a, a bank that houses cannabis money this is a bank that's that's responsive to the needs of the community that addresses uh, you know some of the problems that Angelinos face like low income uh, the lack of low-income housing um, the need to uh, service the unbanked and the underbanked which makes up 30% of Angelinos. So we've been organizing for the last uh, for the last few months trying to figure out um, the logistics of how this is going to be done because this is this has never been done in, in the history of the country. Um, so. Well, there are a couple of public banks like in, in the country that exist, but they're very, very small or kind of limited in their scope. But before that, let's talk about the divest movement. So can you talk a little bit about like what what drove that and what kind of success you guys had? So the divestment movement came out of the plight at Standing Rock. You know, we wanted to be in solidarity with 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 the indigenous communities who were who were fighting um, to protect the land and water at, at Standing Rock. And so there was a tremendous uh, a momentum building across the country to to figure out a way to defund uh, pipelines who who uh, who were um, uh, being built on on in sacred indigenous land and uh, poisoning water supplies for hundreds and thousands of people across the country. So so in in February of 2017, the city of Seattle, uh, led by Kashama Sawant, uh, divested $3 billion from Wells Fargo. So we immediately um, jumped on to divest LA. And we said, this needs to happen in Los Angeles. We are the second largest city in the country. And so for our city to be able to leverage its funds, to be able to create um, social responsible banking uh, was something that we had a moral imperative to do. And it, the focus right now has been on like Wells Fargo, correct? 
uh, as yes. far as divesting from that. But you have plans that you want to divest from all large commercial banks. Yep. It started with Wells Fargo, but ultimately, you know, this is much larger than one bank. This is this is the people's response to corporations, multinational corporations and big banks that continue to to commit uh, to 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 commit to finance fraud and corruption and um, all the unethical things that that you know, a current society from pipelines to private prisons to detention centers to wars. You know, we want to be able to take the power, take that money back. Um, it's our money. Inevitably, it's our money, and we want to be able to take that power back. So, so it started out with Wells Fargo, but this is ultimately um, we see divest. We see public banking as the final form of divestment. So, let's talk a little bit specifics about what a public bank is. Um, define it for me. Sure. Uh, well. First, you should start with what a bank is, right? A bank is an institution that takes deposits and makes loans. That's its most uh, uh, important function. Um, other things make loans, right? There are economic development funds that, rather than spending money to develop the economy or uh, affordable housing, they lend it uh, and then they hope to get paid back. Uh, the difference between that and what a bank does is the difference between hard and soft money, right? Hard money is when you lend money you actually have. Banks use leverage against their deposits to lend money they don't really have. They lend their depositors money. Yeah, a fractional a fractional reserve investment bank. Exactly. Yeah. And the idea behind a public bank is to found a fractional reserve bank uh, that is owned and controlled by a municipal entity or a state entity, um, a public entity, not one that has uh, shareholders uh, or it has just one shareholder perhaps the, the city of Los Angeles. Uh, the advantage of that is that the city no longer has to go to the open credit market in order to borrow. Right now, the city, in order to fund uh, infrastructure, has to sell bonds uh, or collect taxes or both. Um, if they had a public bank, they'd have another option. Uh, they would be able to borrow from a bank that has in its interest the well-being of the city. It doesn't have a profit motive in the same way. It would still make money. It would have to lend and get paid back, but it would not need to compete for capital uh, with commercial banks because it would have a guaranteed depositor in the form of the city, which would have to keep its money there. So it's a virtuous cycle. It's been proven in other places. North Dakota has a has a public bank, and it works very well for them. So let's talk about the North Dakota public bank because that one's very unique, and it's it's different than the other public bank that people would think about, which is the Import Export Bank, and that one's only for a specific purpose. The the North Dakota public bank is more general and engages in all sorts of regular commercial bank activity, as well as sort of being a, a banker's bank for for community or sorry, credit unions and community banks, correct? Yeah, it's mainly a banker's bank, but it has its operations in a couple places. It also makes student loans. It also backs up, uh, you know, buys out principal or it underwrites loans uh, with community banks. So in addition to serving as sort of a mini Fed, right, mini Federal Reserve in the state of North Dakota, uh, where it can provide liquidity and co-insurance with, with smaller banks, helping them scale better against national banks, which have very large scale, they also uh, participate in certain targeted lending programs. Now, you know, they're not the same programs programs that we would want to see a bank to. They do a lot of, let's say, energy development, uh, which is not something that the people of Los Angeles would want. And it and it doesn't mean, and, and it shows you that public banks aren't just necessarily better in every way. However, the people of North Dakota do want those loans to be made. Uh, it's not a decision that's being made at Wall Street. Mm -hmm. 
And how would you want to see the L.A. Public Bank different, uh, not just in the, the loans that it makes, but also like in the way that it was constructed? Sort of like where would the power lie? Would it be with city council? Are you envisioning some sort of like executive board? Is this something you want to see in a statewide push? Because um, California is a big open field. So there's a lot of options here. There are. Now, we're focused on L.A., but, uh, you know, we're, we're looking to the state now because this the effort here in L.A. is running into some obstacles or challenges that are presented by state law uh, and adjustments to those laws will serve every local municipal public banking movement. Um, so we're working with uh, activists in other other parts of the state that are in public banking just like us and also making partnerships with uh, other social justice organizations, labor organizations that um, you know have have infrastructure spending, jobs, housing, uh, income inequality on their on their um, their list of things to do, so to speak. So we're partnering with them. But the, you know the main difference here is that we're talking about a city, and it's a city that's actually bigger than North Dakota in terms of its economy. So in some ways, it's a bigger bank than the state of North Dakota. In other ways, it's focused on much more nuts and bolts things. Uh, it's probably not going to make student loans out of the gate. It's probably going to mainly fund and refinance infrastructure debt for the city. And it'll start off as a wholesale bank, as they say. Uh, it will take in deposits from the city, provide cash management services to the city, and then use that leverage to make loans, refinance city debt, and bring down the cost of borrowing for the city. Once you do that and you create a profit in the bank and savings for the city, the, 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 the possibilities are endless. At that point, you can start to participate with community banks in targeted commercial lending around, let's say, housing or, uh, or transportation. Um, you can then start to integrate with, let's say, uh, cash banking services for the under and unbanked uh, through utility bill banking or postal banking. You could partner with a potential postal bank. Um, and then in terms of its cooperation with other municipalities, we like we would like to see a public banking license issued by the state of California that would create a sort of uniform registration format for these banks, right? A simple way that all of them, rules they all have to follow so that they have to cooperate, they stay out of each other's way, and they provide strength to each other uh, through co-insurance, through liquidity networks. Uh, so that's kind of where we see this going is a network of municipal public banks, maybe between five and 15, depending on how, which areas bond together, um, perhaps in partnership with a state level uh, bank, but but really this this can happen on its own. We just want cities to be able to start their own banks. And so on the, the subject of uh, hurdles you have to overcome on a state level, because in 2011, both uh, the Assembly and the State Senate passed a public banking ordinance and Jerry Brown promptly vetoed it. Uh, what kind of resistance are you guys seeing and what kind of uh, support are you guys getting from the, the state level? Right. Well, Jerry Brown vetoed a, a bill that was going to seat a commission to do a feasibility study, right? Which, and, and feasibility studies are what politicians do when they don't really want to do something, but they want to look like they're doing something. So it, that doesn't, I mean, I, I, a lot of people that I respect a lot worked on that campaign. It was very disappointing, but we're not asking for a feasibility study. We're not asking for it from LA and LA luckily is doing their own sort of feasibility study quote um, with their own departments. They're looking into how is this going to work instead of outsourcing it. Uh, and then at the state level, yeah, we're, we're hoping that they look at our principles for what a state uh, public banking license is. They see that it's not going to cost the state taxpayers any money. Uh, it's going to create a regulatory format that gives the Department of Business Oversight uh, the, the power to enforce rules on these banks and also uh, relaxes the rules that prevent them from happening right now. For example, uh, most banks in California are required to have uh, federal deposit insurance, but you know, we don't want to trust the FDIC or the Federal Reserve, which is owned by commercial banks, 
uh, to say yes. We don't want to ask them for permission. We know that we have the constitutional power to do this. And if ins- if deposit insurance is the problem, well, North Dakota's bank doesn't have deposit insurance, so to speak. They have a guarantee from the taxpayers. So either we want the city of L.A. to be able to guarantee these deposits by taxpayer or put up a general obligation bond or find some alternative private insurance solution uh, that keeps it out of the federal regulatory system. That's in the interest of the state, so the state can have its own independent banking system. Uh, and it's in the interest of individual cities to have low-cost deposit insurance. Okay, very cool. So let's let's kind of get into the nitty-gritty here as to what your guys' campaign has looked like. You're currently working with uh, L.A. City Council. They have passed a motion to uh, develop this public bank and to sort of look into it here in L.A. How did that campaign go? Did you have a, a city council member that helped you take this to them? Did you guys have to pressure them into listening to you? How exactly did that game work? As, as I mentioned before, we introduced the idea to them at the very start of the divestment campaign, and we got a f- uh, quite a few cocked eyebrows when we talked about public banking. They're like, that's that's uh, a, that's a ridiculous idea, or that's a very pie in the sky. That's never going to happen for a city like Los Angeles. We're in the red. Um, so we got all sorts of, of, of um, naysaying. But... Um, with the momentum of divestment and the national movement behind public banking building simultaneously, you know they they started accepting that that's that's a real feasible that's that's possibly if, uh, something that Los Angeles could do. I mean, this is we are the second largest city in the country and the sixth largest state in uh, California is the sixth largest has the sixth largest economy in the world. I mean, for us to be able to leverage our financial power here would be f- incredible. And so um, they. Council Member Wesson, Rue, and Krikorian um, pushed the motion forward. Um, they were the main sponsors, and then, uh, and then Coretz, um, O'Farrell, um, Bonin, and uh, Cedillo then seconded it. So, um, you know, going in, we already had nearly the majority of city council support on it, and so that was that was when we started developing uh, our charter because we wanted to make sure that this this was a people's bank. Um, so we've been developing a social, environmentally re- social and environmentally responsible charter, as well as a charter that looks at the fiduciary responsibilities of the bank, as well as transparency, governance. Um, recently, we just uh, this past week, we just submitted a, a letter in response to the CLA report. So similar to divestment, where every step of the way, uh, where, where the city departments took actions and reported on divestment, um, we created a response so that we could help guide the process. Um, similar to Los, well, that's the similar approach we're doing with public banking, where as the city is going through their own feasibility studies through their legal departments and their financial and treasury departments, we're going through it and submitting our own recommendations to help be able to guide the process and and you know control the narrative a bit more. Because LA City Council, and a lot of people don't realize this, is incredibly powerful. It's it's 15 people who control the lives of uh, it's six and a half million people. If you add on the five more county board of supervisors, you got 12 million people. Can Controlled effectively by 20. So you have to keep some pressure on to get them to do what you want and not kind of go off on their own way. I was wondering, how has that been met? Are you finding it easy to work with City Hall? Are you finding there's a lot of pushback? Like, what's that experience? I try to tell activists, I, I, it's not necessary to be combative. I think we build, this is an inside out game. So as 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 much as important it is to be able to have the, the, set, the noise and the visibility outside with megaphones and protest signs, it is also an integral um, to be able to, to build actual, you know, have real results, to be able to build powerful alliances 
differences within city council. Um, it makes it a lot easier when you are able to sit down and have a conversation rather than just blanketly phone banking. So building relationships with legislative directors, um, with the Office of Finance, that's something that was um, that I've been working on for the past year. And so a lot of those relationships are, are carrying through with the public banking campaign. And so, you know, that's, that's a very important part of organizing is to move, you know, kind of evolve the idea of, of revolution from just being aggressive or aggressive or combative, but being able to have diplomatically sit down and have a conversation. And to, to sort of understand that the, the city council and all of the people that work for them are awash in very complicated issues and that they're not going to pay attention to something unless you're sort of like, hey, look at this thing and also think about it this way. Uh, and I was going to ask, how have you guys been organizing your community groups? Have you been getting uh, your sort of constituents or your stakeholders motivated and engaged in the process? Right. Uh, well, just briefly on on those folks at, at City Hall. This is the, with the advantage with this issue is that it's it's not inherently partisan. It's <clears throat> it's not inherently uh, combative, as you'd so to speak, except maybe to the banks. Uh, and and although there are smart people in in the policy staffs of these uh, of these offices, they have a lot to deal with, and they have most of them haven't spent any time on public banking. So they they have been very interested in hearing from us, hearing from the experts that we're able to bring in, uh, and they're they they are being responsive. Now, when it comes down to time. To to actually allocate money to do this, we'll see how the politics really shakes out. But in the meantime, it's an interesting idea that doesn't poke anyone in the eye. Uh, as for if, you know organizing uh, community groups, um, we've uh, we just got back from a a, uh, a retreat with public banking activists in Colorado, organized by the Public Banking Institute. And we came out of that very very refreshed and uh, and excited because there was a lot of energy there it felt like this was the mo the moment right new jersey has a movement going michigan washington uh all over california new mexico the colorado there's a lot of uh, a lot of places that are considering this and uh you know we're coordinating with those folks on a weekly basis to talk about what legislation's out there what candidates do and uh and politicians do we need to talk to and what are our local resources each individual local movement is working with their local representatives of, of labor unions and and other social justice organizations. Uh, Trinity can speak more to, to our partnerships with um, with climate groups, but you know, out of that that retreat, I mean, we got great contacts at, at various uh, labor unions. We're trying to talk to Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren right now. Uh, we're really doing a full court press, and we're going to spend a lot of time in the next couple of weeks spreading the message. Yeah, there's there's tremendous momentum right now. I mean, as as David touched upon, um, it this is this is happening. There's there's existing legislation moving through city halls um, at city government levels. Exists a task force currently meeting on this um, in cities and states all across the country. And California here. Um, Oakland has, has a, just uh, allocated $100,000 for a feasibility study. San Francisco has a 14-person task force. Uh, the um, uh, Santa Barbara, Santa Rosa, uh, us here in Los Angeles. So what we're creating is, is a statewide alliance who's going to be able to coordinate uh, social pressure, uh, political pressure, um, as, uh, as well as statewide power mapping, because in order for us to get this public bank license bill passed at the state in the state legislature, we're going to have to do some coordinating statewide. So right now um, in Los Angeles, we're putting together a, a um, an outreach, social outreach um, uh, plan that we're so that we would be able to approach social justice groups, environmental groups, also labor unions as well to, to get as many um, people behind this as possible because we are in, um, we are in a historic moment for this to happen.
Right. And we're out here doing interviews like this, and we're going to be producing some uh, some shareable media very soon to try and educate folks as well. No, it's definitely a, an issue that really excites people and gets because nobody likes going to their bank. It's it's kind of like going to your dentist to an extent. Like nobody has a really good view of the banks post two thousand eight. Uh, but I wanted to ask. When you're talking about uh, working with other national groups um, or groups across the nation, not necessarily national, but what kind of diversity of opinion and strategy are you guys finding? Is it kind of breaking down regionally or does everybody sort of have the same public bank in mind? Like, how's that going? Yeah, the big difference is between scales, right? Um, The town of Eureka, California, has a different economy, different needs, um, and honestly needs a different kind of bank than L.A., uh, than North Dakota, than New Jersey. Uh, that's the thing that I, I find. Um, so right now, I, right, uh, we like, as David mentioned, we just met two weeks ago with this incredible group um, in Colorado, a public banking retreat with, uh, there were bankers there, there were state assembly members, there were Senate members, uh, public banking experts and activists. And um, we were able to put our heads together and uh, learn about what other cities were doing. Um, and what right now, it appears that a lot of the legislation that's moving through, public banking legislation that's moving through city governments is, um, is moving ahead of the grassroots organizing so that's why it's so integral right now for for groups um, who have active uh, bank public banking legislation to quickly organize so that they can help control that narrative so that it doesn't just move through the corridors of power without the people's say so that was why we we we're right now trying to get um, Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders to be able to endorse public banking nationally because that would be able to mobilize the progressive left to be able to you know then get in there and start talking to the legislatures as these uh, as these feasibility reports are are being churned out as city task force are discussing this um the people need a voice with in this excellent and and i want to ask so to kind of leap into the future a little bit uh let's say we've established the public bank and at first you would see it as operating mainly as a bank sort of for the city and for the city to handle its own finances uh but as you point to the the fact that like 30 percent of la is unbanked and that we have a lot of hard uh, that people have a hard time getting uh, not necessarily student loans, but like home loans, auto loans, things like that. How would you see the bank affecting people's day-to-day life? Like what what would the normal Angelino see different? So I think that part of um, what you have to do is limit the bank's ability to meet the needs of more profitable customers and basically force it into the business of providing credit and banking services for the unbanked. Because that is already a very profitable place, uh, but it's a very predatory place because these people do not have protections uh, or wherewithal all the time. It's, you know, it's very expensive to be poor. Um, and uh, I think by, by limiting the banks that are founded and then giving them a mission to go out and reach these people, then you force, and also hiring a new type of banker. It's, it's hard to know whether this kind of banker exists in the United States. We, they have it in Germany, right? The Sparkassen system is 400 local public banks. They're, they're over 120 to 25 years old. They grew out of their local city treasuries, which started taking savings accounts from local uh, folks and then making basic loans uh, mainly to the government. That grew into one of the most profitable banking systems in Europe, and it's financed 75% of all yeah, 70% of new capital into green energy development in Germany. So these are examples. But in terms of serving the unbanked, I think that 
uh, the city has unique advantages in terms of being able to secure credit for people. So for people that want uh, payday advances, for example, right now, that's a usurious area. The scum of the earth runs that business. Honestly, it's the worst. Uh, and p the reason that they can get away with it is because those kinds of loans are excluded from certain usury rules and because they make the justification around risk. Well, if you are the city of Los Angeles and you have the person's tax bill and utility bill and water bill, you're not worried about them not paying you back because you have security, right? Uh, you don't have to take a deposit. You don't have to take the pink slip for their car. They live here. They're not going anywhere, right? So even if you lend them money and they don't pay it back right away, they can owe it forever. And it still won't hurt anyone, right? But they still got the money they needed in order to pay their medical bill or pay whatever emergency that they had. And of course, in the meantime, if you're also providing cash banking services to them where they couldn't get a cash account before, they're probably saving money. The poor save as much as they possibly can. Uh, and they will do it in a system that they feel is accessible to them and is not ripping them off. So if you give them free checking through their utility bill that they can walk into a DWP office and, and, and bank and cash, even if they don't have a social security number, that's a big deal. And the city is going to be able to do that better than a private bank that has to follow federal banking regulations. Well, and also has to answer to private shareholders who are of demanding course. the yeah. you know the return on their investment. And that seems like a big part of the problem is removing that profitability motive and replacing it with a stability motive. Yeah, exactly. Because private banks at the end of the day are mandated to keep their doors open, not the other way around. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and I was going to say, for people who are interested in learning more about public banking, um, where would you direct them? What are the big groups, any books that you recommend, places where people can learn about this? Publicbankinginstitute.org. Mm -hmm. That's Ellen Brown is quite literally wrote the book on public banking. Uh, the Public Banking Solution was her first novel, um, what a, a Web of Debt. Uh, those are, are quite complex reads, but um, the, she also has YouTube videos online on public bank for to learn more about public banking here on the municipal level in Los Angeles. Um, publicbankla.org. We have a resources page with all of the um, the uh, reports from our city departments, as well as some of our letters that we've written to City Hall. Um, and uh, we will continue to be developing the, the, our, our page to add more resources. We also have our, our Public Bank LA Five Point Agenda that just lists the five uh, very, very kind of central areas of focus um, for, for public banking in Los Angeles. Uh, one is to save the city money two, ethical allocation of money, three, community development, four, local self-determination, and five is servicing the needs of the unbanked and underbanked. So all those resources can be found at publicbankla.org. Yeah, or you can hit us up. I mean, I'm, I'm on Twitter all the time. I'm happy to talk about this yeah, anytime. Yeah, we're also uh, <laughs> on Facebook. We're Public Bank Los Angeles on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Public Bank LA. Excellent. And uh, do you guys have any events coming up that you want to talk about or things you're trying to collect bodies for? Um, right now, we're... It's, it's kind of in stealth mode. So as we're trying to figure out uh, the, more of the logistics and legalities, um, we will be fundraising soon to for a pro forma because uh, that's going to be very much needed in, in, in sh figuring out the financial shape of this bank. Um, so, and that keep keep up. We'll keep uh, our our supporters updated within the next month. We do have a Google group um, that we do share share updates with as well. But uh, uh, stay tuned for updates on, on upcoming events. Yeah, there's there's likely to be a day of action at, at some point during 2018. Uh, we've got a D fundraiser that's been kicking around, which is uh, we're going to get basically a telethon where people pledge to take money out of banks. And um, a community education forum. Yeah, and then we're going to do some education forums as well. They're not scheduled yet, but they're coming soon. 
this is the moment for this to happen. Um, the Bank of North Dakota was founded in 1919. So next year, it's going to be the 100-year anniversary of the Bank of North Dakota. So, you know, this is our moment in history to take all of that, that populist anger that came out of Occupy Wall Street and move it towards real progressive legislative solutions. So rise up. Yeah. Finance has eaten our economy. It's a huge, huge piece of our economy. It has not always been that way. And it's their own fault for letting it grow that big because now finance is a means of production. And we can seize that as well. Even a central planned economy with perfect equality needs banks. And those banks need to be run for the people. And that's what we want to do. It's our money. It's time to take the power back. Damn straight. (laughs) Well, thank you guys very much. Thank you, Timothy. As always, you can join us every Thursday at 6.30 on RadioJustice.org, or you can surf on over to iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, or Stitcher. Also, if you'd like to see what Revolution LA is up to, you can visit them at RevolutionLA.org. And to learn more about public banking, please visit the Public Banking Institute at PublicBankingInstitute.org. Anyways, thank you guys very much. Keep on fighting. Never lose your sense of outrage. Let's hold